Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. If we can lift up our hands and just begin to worship the Lord. Come on, just begin to speak in your heavenly language. Come on, church. Come on, just begin to worship. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, begin to pull. Begin to pull yourself out from wherever you're at. Father, we need you, God. God, we need your anointing, God. Father, God, we can't do nothing without your anointing, Father. Touch us, God. Touch us, oh God. Tear everything down in us, oh God. Everything in our mind that's hindering God. Everything in our heart that's hindering, oh God. Every lie of the enemy, God, we fight right now. Come on, we're going to fight in your spirit right now. He's beginning to do war. Come on. Oh, yes, oh God. Come on, begin to dig those wells. Come on, begin to dig. Begin to remove the rock and the rubbish that's been hindering the flow of God. Come on, church. Come on, dig deep. Dig deep. Come on, dig deep. Dig deep. Dig deep. Dig deep. Come on. Yes, yes. I want my healing. I want my strength. I want my calling. I want my purpose. Come on, come on, church. Come on, dig, 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 dig deep. Remove the rubbish. Come on, come on. Oh, God, let us obey your voice, oh, God. Let us obey your command, oh, God. Let us do what you called us to do as a church, as a body, as leaders, oh God, as believers, as pastors, oh God, as your chosen people, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Ooh, come on, let's give the Lord a great clap offering, amen. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering tonight, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and greet your neighbor before you are seated, amen. Amen. Show them that you love them, amen. I said, greet them, don't beat them, hallelujah. Amen. Well, it's always a blessing to be with you. Amen. It's always good to see God's people. Amen. And the work of God that God is doing here at our mother church. Can someone say amen? Come on, somebody. Amen. I want to minister tonight on how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? 
When, when, when I see myself, I, I, I see myself at where I'm at right now in my life as a husband. I got my beautiful wife here. Where's my wife? She's over here. Amen. God bless you. I have my wife here. Amen. All my kids are here. My son's here. My daughters are here. Amen. I, I, I see myself as a father. But before all that, uh, I see myself a lot of different ways. And so it calls me to be a certain way and do certain things. So it's so important that how you see yourself determines how you fight. How you see yourselves determines how you function and how you flow. People see themselves in many different ways. Can someone say amen? amen. People see themselves in many different ways. Some people see themselves as good. Some people see themselves as useless. Some see themselves as great. Some see themselves powerful. Some see themselves as weak, strong, lost, hopeless. People see themselves different. This is, how can I do this? There's no way I can do this. There's no way I can function and do what God called me to do. Listen, I never thought that I'll be pastoring nor doing a work for God. Come on, somebody. I've never thought because I need to see myself like that. When I begin to see myself the way God sees me, things begin to change. Things begin to change when you see yourself the way God sees you. Can someone say amen? Thank you, Bishop. Ooh, I'm going to bring the soul out right now. Hallelujah. People all see themselves in different ways. There is something called a mirror, and when you look at that mirror, it'll see yourself, and it'll tell you a reflection, and it'll give you things that need to get corrected and things that are fine, and the Word of God is a mirror. And it'll show you how great you are and how powerful you are and how much ability you have and how much God has anointed you and changed you and evolved you and grew you and groomed you and protected you and empowered you and blessed you. I'm telling you, God sees you a whole different way than the way we see ourselves. And, and, and so I want to look at Numbers chapter 13, if I can. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. When you have it, say Amen. Numbers 13, 1 says this, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader, a leader among them. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence that's in this place. We thank you for what you're doing. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue having your way, Father. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. Come on, give the Lord another great cloud offering. Amen. I believe it's so important how you see yourself. Can someone say amen? amen. See, Moses, the leader, got a word from God. He got a promise from God. God said, listen, this is what I'm going to do with you, and this is what I promise to do with you. He says these words, he says, to go spy up the land, which I'm giving to the children of Israel. So he says, I'm giving it to you. I already gave it to you. I need you to go and spy it out. There's a lot of things that God has already given us, but we have to see ourselves how God sees us so we can take what God has given us. Amen? And so here you understand that, that he believed Moses believed the promise of God. He believed the promise of God that he got 12 tribe leaders. Someone say 12. 
12. He got 12. And remember, they were what? Leaders. They were leaders. There's, a, there's three different things. There's the word lead, leader, and leadership. The word leader is a direction. The word lead is a direction. The word leader is a person. The, the word leadership is the duties. So if you don't know your direction, you'll be a lousy leader in your leadership. Are you with me? And so here is Moses, and Moses says, I'm grabbing 12 great leaders, men of influence, men of power, men of prestige, men that I'm going to pull out, not just any other men, but men that know the direction know their influence, and know their ability. So when he picked them, he picked, two, someone say 12. 12, 12, 12, 12 leaders. I need to get that. Someone say 12 leaders. 12. And he sent them out to spy the land, to go check it out, to go, someone say, see it. See it. See it. They went to go check it out. They went to go see it. And this is where it gets real. This is where you find out how you really see yourself. When things start getting real in your walk with God, you start finding out how you really see yourself. When things start getting hard and things start getting rough, you start really seeing yourself. Not the way superficial. You know, sometimes we think we bad. Oh, man, you think you're the best-looking guy in the world, amen? You think your wife got blessed. No, she got burned. You got blessed. She got burned. You got blessed. Amen. And so here is when you start going through things, stuff stops manifesting. Has anybody ever manifested here? Oh, this church is either going to heaven or to the altar called one of the two. Hallelujah. You start manifesting because all of a sudden you don't see yourself capable. But Moses would have never picked them if he would have never seen the capability of them. You, oh, I'm out. I can see you guys. I can't see you guys up there. They blinds me. Bad enough, I need glasses, so now I can see just a little bit. But God seen the capability in the 12. And sometimes we can't see our own capability, and that's where it gets scary. We think we can't do it. God said, what do you mean you can't do it? I used Moses, who was a stuttering buffoon, who tripped all the time, and all of a sudden he said he couldn't talk, and when he stood before Pharaoh, he didn't even, he didn't even use Aaron, his brother. He just started going, thou says the Lord, and he let my people go. Because you really don't know what's in you until you start getting used in that capacity. So he pulled out 12 men, 12 leaders. Men of influence, men who, who were prestige, men who, who were going to affect. Because why? Because when they go out and spy out that land, they were going to bring back a report that was going to either move them into their purpose or keep them out of their promise. Church, how you see yourself will either keep this church stuck or keep it flowing. Come on, come on. Leaders, how you see yourself where they keep this place at a place that God has not caused this church to settle. To settle. You're greater than you can imagine. 
Come on, somebody. You need a, you need a, you need a, you need to receive it. You're greater and more capable of doing more than you can imagine. God would have never put you here. He would have never pulled you out and anointed you and put you in position to help push this to a next place. Can someone say amen? So here's Moses. Here's Moses. And, 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 and Moses has started getting real because Moses seen in them what they couldn't see in themselves. You know, sometimes we can't see what our pastor can see in us. My pastor seen something in me that I didn't even know was there. I did not think I was capable. I didn't think I was able. I didn't think I had it in me. He told me, Edgy, God's going to use it to preach. Preach. I don't even know what to talk. I, didn't, I wasn't a person that laughed. I wasn't a jokester. I wasn't, I, I'm them now, but not before. I was serious. I was, I was an individual that when I stood, it just, this is what it was. This is what you got. This is, that was it. But being around Pastor Ruben, he broke me. <laughs> being around other pastors, man, they were joking and messing around all the time. I'm like, It rubbed off. That's all the good and, the, and, all, the, and all the bad rubbed off. All the, all the, that's why I capped so much. Blame your pastor. Blame our pastor. Just. But Moses seen in them what they couldn't see in themselves. And I started seeing in my pastor, he would start releasing me to do things. I didn't think I could do it. And then God moved. Then God moved. Then God moved. See, my question to you tonight, how do you see yourself? How do you see this? Ten of the twelve leaders seen themselves as grasshoppers. As Jimmy Cricket. As a little, and not even in a good way, but in a bad way. You know, looking at yourself as a worm, like the Bible says, is pretty cool. I'm a worm, I'm not, but not in a way where it disvalues the power of God in your life. And so here it is, and they seen themselves as grasshoppers. Someone say grasshoppers. grasshoppers. Look at me in verse 33 in the same chapter of Numbers 13. It says, and they saw the giants, the descendants that came from the giants, and, were like, they, and they were like grasshoppers in their own sight. And so we were in their sight. My God. Here they are, and they're talking. He says, we're like grasshoppers. And listen to this. So we were in there. They even said, they, they positioned themselves and put words on themselves that God didn't even put on them. They put words, listen to what I'm saying, in the mouth of the giants that were there about themselves. And when you don't see yourself the way God sees you, you start putting yourself in the limitation in the enemy's mouth that has no power over you. Are you with me? See, God sees you a certain way. The devil sees you as a threat. But when you start seeing yourself like a grasshopper, you're empowering the enemy over you. You guys with me so far? And so here here are these ten spies, and they see themselves like grasshoppers. And so among the people who were there, they were influencing a whole nation. Then there was two spies that seen themselves different. They seen themselves as, someone say overcomers. Overcomers, you see in verse 31, it says, but when the men who had gone up with them said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger 
than us. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report and the land, and they had spied out, saying, The land that which have gone, the spies in the land which that devour its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in them are more greater than the stature. So here they are. They say, this, this is what's going on. So now they see these words. Now I want you to jump really quick back, back with me really quick to verse 27. Then they told them and said, We went to the land where you send us, and it's truly flowing with milk and honey. This is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are stronger. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites dwell in the lands of the southern, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains of the Canaanites, dwell by the seas among the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take the position, for we are able to what? Overcome it. They see themselves as overcomers. Two. Someone say two. Two out of 12. Ten see themselves like grasshoppers. Two see themselves the way God sees them. Sometimes we can get confused in the midst of things that we go through. That the things that we go through will try to make us something we're not. I don't know about you, but I've faced some, I've faced some trouble. And I've faced some things. And I never allow that to make me a grasshopper. So how do you see yourself? It's very important. Tell neighbor, how do you see yourself? Ten see themselves as grasshoppers. Two see themselves as overcomers. So what made these two different? What made these two men different? Joshua and Caleb. Well, if you look at the lives of Joshua and you look at the lives of Caleb, they can tell a lot about a person by their lives. We can do ministry and fall in love with ministry, but not fall in love in ministering to God. I'll let that settle for a second. Because I got to move on because I'm pressed for time. I start teaching, I get lost. I love teaching. Listen, what made them different is Joshua followed closely the man of God, Moses. Caleb was a disciple of Moses. He watched and seen a lot of stuff. He was there. And when he picked them, he picked these two with the other ten to go out so that they would begin to see the heart of their pastor by the two leaders that were sent with the other ten. That the other ten will start catching it and seeing what they see because when you obtain the heart of your pastor, you start seeing things different. When my pastor sent me out, I started seeing things way different. Okay, pastor will do this. Pastor will do this. Okay. Uh, uh, he said, we'll never have enough money to have revival. We got to have revival. He said, you got to do this. You got to do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I-, I was like, I just did it. I didn't even know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. I'll just, let's just, let's do it. He put so much in us and gave us ability to grow that he was causing us to see what God was giving him as much as he has given us. Here we go, here we go. What made these two spies different? Number one, they didn't believe what they seen. They didn't believe what they seen. They didn't believe that the giants were bigger than God. They didn't believe that the thing that they were facing 
was bigger than the ability and the power of God. They knew God was omnipotent, omnipowerful. He God knew He could do anything. That He was the King of Kings and the Lord of the Lord. That He was El Shaddai. He was Abba Father. He was the Provider. He was the Healer. He was the Chicago Glory. He was the I Am. He said, No, 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 no. We know who God is, and God is bigger than these giants. He says, uh-uh, this giant ain't bigger than God. Giants are made to shape us and mold us. Listen to what I'm saying, and to break us. But let me tell you, they are not bigger than God. Oh, my, I'll face some giants that I thought I couldn't take. But I knew God was bigger than these giants. Two, they didn't believe what they seen. They didn't believe that the strength of these men were greater than the strength of God. When you start believing that the enemy is stronger than God, he starts manipulating the way we think. He starts manipulating the way we see ourselves. He'll start slowly and slowly. And because if he can get you to be emotional, he can keep you stuck. That's what the word of God said, that it divides the soul and the spirit. The soul is the emotional part of man. That's why when you get really emotional, the word of God will divide that and put you back in order. So here we go. Here we go. So they they seen that the strength was not stronger than God. Third, that the mass of the enemy was not greater than the the army of God. That the mass army that they seen was not greater than the army of God. How many know that you're in a battle? You're in a fight. We're not in a party. We're not here in a kumbaya. Oh, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, I just come to church to, you know, have, you know, see my friends. And that's cool. But when this is all said and done, you're going back to war. Come on, so if you should come and get your refill. Come and pour yourself out. Come and empty yourself out. Get rid of your pride, your arrogance, all your stubbornness, all your weaknesses. You throw it at the altar and you leave it here. And then you go back sharp, ready for battle. But if you don't, you wonder why you're a punching bag for the enemy. And he's beating you up and it's a one-sided fight. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. A fight, a real fight means this, exchange of blows. You take some and you give some. You take some and you give some. When you're a boxer, you're going to get hit when you come in. You're going to find out what's going on. But when you take some, you give some. So when you're in a fight, you're going to get hit. Of course, you're in a battle. You're in a fight. But you're going to be okay. Because greater he that's in your corner than he that's in his enemy's corner. So here are these two men, and why they were so different is the giants, the strength, and that army that have nothing on God. And they've seen it because of how they've seen themselves. How they've seen themselves. It's so important. It's so important, church, because these men, God, seen them valuable enough to call to go spy out the land. I remember Pastor would send me to go places. They would send me to Oxnard. He would send me to, he would send me all over the place. I would go, go for a month, two months, a couple weeks. I would go. He would just send me. I would go, take off. I would go, 
jump in my car, put $10 in my car, and that, back then, $10 would get you back and forth like nothing. Almost around the world, amen. Especially when your car was a four-cylinder, amen. And I would go, and I would go back to this said, we, got, we can do this, we can do this, don't worry about it, we got this, we got this, we got this. I remember when we were transitioning from the home, from Cabana to Valinda, and our budget was only, I think, like $1,600, $2,600, something like that, if that, to a huge budget. And he looked at me and said, can you do it? Yes, we can do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we can do it. I, I, I didn't know how we were going to do it, but yes, sir, we can do it. If you, if you want to do it, we can do it. Come on, somebody. And we got to get to, our, to a point that we start seeing ourselves like that. If God brought us here, then we can do it. Tell your we can do it. Tell your other neighbor, we can do it. And you can tell your other neighbor, we can do it. <laughs> but you have to see your way, yourself, the way God sees you. What made these two spies different is they, they try to shoot down the fear of the ten. They try to, they try to shoot them down. They try, to, they try to shush them down. They try to shut them up. And sometimes you got to be willing to shut fear up. Because why? Because fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. Fear is like piojos. Amen. They'd be jumping everywhere. Amen. They'd be, they be popping. You say, boom, 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 boom. And they'd be, they be going places they don't belong. Hallelujah. They're no longer called piojos. They're called something else. Amen. Shoom. All right. Praise the Lord. But fear is contagious. When one starts being fearful, it affects the other. When you start saying you can't do it and you're a grasshopper, then you affect the next one and the next one and the next one. Or get around men and they will start saying, I don't think, shut up, we can do it, man. You were, you were down before. Come on, you were crazy before. Hey, Amen. You, you got this. Hey, God, you got this. Come on, somebody. If you were at, I, I, this is what I would tell them. If you were at work and your boss told you to do it, you would do it. And you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even bat an eye. You would just do it. So, so fear is contagious too. Fear robs you of your fight. It'll keep you from fighting. It'll rob you of your fight. It'll rob you of your purpose. And it'll rob you of your calling. It'll rob you and it'll keep you in a place you don't want to be. And it'll take you down a road you don't want to be in. And so then time passes by and then God lifts up someone else. And you would have wished you would have just seen yourself the way God's seen you. Where, where, where is it at, baby? Uh, in, in Esther? When he, when he tells, what's that guy's name? Mordecai. Yeah, Mordecai. Thank you, babe. Mordecai. <laughs> he says, such a time as this. And he's going to lift someone up. And if she starts tripping, and he says, if it ain't going to be you, it's going to be someone else. God going to do it. So I, I challenge you that it might as well be me. Say it, it might as well be me. Say it like you mean, it might as well be me. God wants to use you. It might as well be me. God wants to do something great with you. God wants to get you to your purpose. God wants to get you to your destiny. God wants to give you a wife. God wants to give you a husband. Hey, they're all afraid. Everybody got afraid. Ah! 
Oh, it might as well be you. Amen. You know that you, you, you won't be the perfect person for the job, but you're the man for the job. Do you know that? You'll never be the perfect person for the job. When I became the home director of the home, was a funny way, and I don't know if you know the story. I'm going to tell you the story anyways. Here it goes. I, 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 a pastor had sent me to Texas and sent me there for a few months, and I came back from Texas. And so he goes, Angie, when you come back, I want you to take over the home. There was another guy that was there. I won't say his name. He was there. And when he was taking care of that home there, a lot of stuff was going on there. And then he met with Pastor and we talked. And the guy said, well, I don't know. I bet you I don't know. The pastor, said, whatever you want, Pastor, I'll do. I'll kick back. So he goes, I'll just send you around. Go and send me around. I'm good. I'm good. So then afterwards, a few, I think about a year went by. A year went by. His brother, Crazy Eloy, you don't know know who Eloy, but if you know Crazy Eloy, is Crazy Eloy is a person where, where, where I went to go preach one time for him when I was 20 years old, and he left me there as a pastor. That's how crazy Eloy is. I was supposed to preach on a Sunday. He didn't come back. He never came back. So I was 20 years old pastoring in Maywood. Uh, the moral of the story, here he goes. Pastor Eloy, Pastor Eloy's brother Eloy, he, told, he got in a fight with the guy. He told him, get your butt and get out of here. Throw him out of the home, the home director. Because he was doing a lot of cricket stuff. And so I was there. He says, just go take over the home. So I take over the home. So I'm getting the home. And so the guys are doing their thing. I'm there in the home, the home director. Pastor shows up. Eloy's gone now. Eloy's gone. <laughs> the other guy got hurt. He don't want to come back no more. So then Pastor goes, Pastor, I'm working at this time, making like, like 20 some dollars an hour. Uh, uh, getting tips, like 100 some dollars in tips a day, uh, uh, but not selling candy, working. Okay, anyways, here we go. <laughs> Real tips. Amen. That belonged to me. Okay. Stop. Okay. Stop, Edge. Okay, here we go. So then the pastor got a meeting with me. Pastor took me aside. Me and my wife, I'm going to get married. I'm going to get married. Uh, uh, so I was saving the money because I was going to get married. And he sits in there. He tells me, Edge, he goes, uh, uh, I go, that can only pay you 50 bucks a month. I said, okay, no problem. I'll do it. He looked at me like, don't, like, and I was like, I said, yeah, I'll do it. So I looked at my wife. She goes, yeah, whatever else you do, we'll do. 50 bucks a month, quit my job, never went back. Went back, I was getting, come on, there was a home right there. Started home, look at, I wasn't the guy for the job. I wasn't, the, I, wasn't, I wasn't the guy for the job. It was just an opportunity came, and I took it. So there it was, doing the home, I told Pastor, we got to kick everybody out because they're all dope fiends. They're still doing dope. So there was five of us, and then the one guy got loud in the car, go, you know what, bro, I'm going to give you two-week notice. I mean, I'm going to give you two-week Two weeks off. Her pastor told him, I'm going to give you two weeks off. He said, yeah, two weeks off. So he got quiet really quick. He's out. In other words, you ain't coming back after two weeks. But he didn't know that until two weeks later. But after we got rid of him, there was three of us. And all of a sudden, church, within weeks, it went from five guys, 10 guys, 15 guys, 20 guys, 30 guys, 40 guys, 50 guys, 60 guys. It just took off. And I, I was the last person that was able to do that. It was, what was it? It was that God had gave Pastor Ruben a promise. God had spoke to him. He picked a leader. He put me in my place. And God began to do the rest. If you obey the leader in your life, God will do the rest. He's just looking for willing men and women to say, it might as well be me. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering. Amen. They were trying to shut the fear up. Fear can rob you from your new adventure. 
Fear can rob you of your next season. Fear can rob you of the next stages in your life. If I would have not listened to Pastor when he, when he, threw, when he sent me out, threw me out, sent me out. It was almost like throw me out because I didn't want to leave. He, I would have missed the season that God was going to do with me as a pastor. But because he's seen something in me that I couldn't even see in myself as a pastor, he said, go. And so I had to obey the leader that God put over me. Are you with me? So these two spies knew if they can quiet the 10 spies, they would stir up the people to fight. Someone say to fight. He knew he would say, guys, be quiet, man, because if these guys catch it, they're going to start fighting and they're going to rise up and they're going to see how powerful they are. They'll see how great they are. They're going to see themselves as warriors and overcomers and mighty men and anointed and called and have purpose. And regardless of what you've been through and regardless of where you've been, God said, I want you. I want you. Amen. There's no such thing as a perfect person. And if you think you're perfect, you don't mess up the church. Amen. So let me give you the last one. As a piano player makes her way. They've seen themselves the way God's seen them. They've seen themselves as overcomers. They've seen themselves as mighty men. They've seen themselves as the leaders that God had put there to move a whole nation. They seen themselves. I think the sad thing about this story is that those 10 grasshoppers destroyed a whole nation that didn't get to see what God had for them. I don't know about you, but don't let the enemy rob you of what God has for you. Refuse to do it. Be like the 10. And says, I see myself different. It's so important how you see yourself. Moses seen greatness in them when he picked them. You have to see yourself as more. Someone say more. more. You have to see yourself as more, more than your trials. More than your trouble. More than your problems. More than your imperfections. More than your flaws. We, we are flawed people. We are flawed individuals. We are people that have issues and we struggle and we go through things. But if you use the grace of God to grow, you will grow. Come on, somebody. The grace is there to help us to grow. So you're, someone say, I'm more. I'm more. You're more than your trials, guys. Don't settle where God hasn't placed you. My God. Don't settle. Where God has not placed you. All the nation of Israel settled in a place that God did not place them. Some of you, God is calling you to pushing you out of the nest. He's pushing you out to the deep end. He's pushing you, pushing you out because he wants more from you. And if he wants more from you, that means he's going to give you more. Oh, come on somebody. Amen. He's going to give you more. So don't settle where God has in place this church. The leaders, the pastors. The believers, don't you dare settle where God hasn't placed you. God is saying there's more. Some say there's more. There's more. There's more for this church. There's more for the leaders. There's more for you. I can't make you hungry. 
I can teach you how to be hungry, but I can make you hungry. When you go and you're going to go before a buffet, hey, and you're not hungry, you're going to just get a few things and you're going to sit down. But if you're hungry, you're going to grab. And then you're going to go back and get another plate. And then you're going to go back and get another plate. It's because it's your hunger. Your hunger will get you to a place of more. God is looking for his people to get hungry again. Come on, he wants his church to get hungry. Hungry for their destiny. Hungry for their purpose. Hungry for their marriage. Hungry for their business. Hungry for what God has for them. You got to get hungry again and don't settle where God hasn't placed you. There's more. Someone say, I want more. And does anybody here want more from God? Come on, come on. I want you to stand with me. I want you to stand with me. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to just begin to worship right now. You're here tonight and you're saying, I-, I want more from God. I want more from God as a father, as a mother, as a believer, as a leader, as a pastor, as a, as a, as a, as a, order, a, a leader in the church. I want more. I want more for my life. I'm not going to settle where God hasn't placed me. I know there's more. I know there's more. I want 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 more from you, God. I want more from you, God. Because you're a God of more. You were giving uh, Moses more. You had more territory for him. You had more land for him. You had more great things for him. But we, they settled on the other side because the ten grasshoppers lied to them. I want you to see yourself different tonight. See yourself as that overcomer, as that mighty man, that mighty woman. I want more. Anyone here want more? I want you to come. Come now. Come now. Now. Come and get your more. Come and get your more. Come and let go of the fear. Come and let go of the struggle. Come and let go of the lie. And come and pick up the more that God has for you. There is more for you. There is more. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. Come on. There is more, there is more, there is more.